We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University of I'm not supposed to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, so don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. All right. Welcome in to another BuzzBeat podcast. Uh, we're going to keep up the draft content today here with a set of guys that I've been itching to do for, for months now. Honestly, it's Brian here, and I'll be joined on the pod by Lee. Richie is here as well. He's helping produce. Uh, Spencer, unfortunately, couldn't make it. Uh, hope hope he's doing all right. Uh, looking forward to record, recording again with him next week. But, Lee, since it's early... I've only had one cup of coffee in me so far. I'm a little, I'm a little ornery in the mo- in the morning here. So I hope. How are you doing this morning, though? How does this early oh, Sunday morning find you? I'm still working on my first cup, so I'm even a little bit behind you. Oh but God! All right. I will say, um, like I think you mentioned prior, it's it's kind of a gloomy day here in the great state of North Carolina. Yeah. But, but and it's early. But we are talking about a pretty awesome group yeah. here. Like. Yeah. Not only the individual prospects, but the way they kind of compare and contrast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's let's dive in. Yeah, I think one of the ways to brighten things up is to talk about someone with very bright hair. So we're going to start off with one of my favorite prospects in the draft and really someone that I think would be an amazing fit for Charlotte at the 13th pick, though I do not think he will still be uh available and that is jeremy sohan of baylor freshman forward uh certainly a kind of an you know an, an international component to this guy has some i believe his, his mother was polish she spent time uh in germany spent time in england spent time in the united states but played for baylor this season and was one of the most impressive draft prospects in the big 12 in the country and really uh, just for the 2022 draft in general. Um, didn't measure at his, at the, the combine, uh, at least according to the NBA's uh, official site. I'm not sure if, if when he did his pro day at the combine this week, uh, some numbers were, were distributed from that. I, I haven't seen those yet, if that's the case. But you know, they label him at 6'9", probably 220, 230. Uh, it looks like he could certainly add on some more weight, but he's not super duper skinny, but just has that perfect long sort of like rangy basketball frame and exceptionally quick hands at the end of those very long arms. So I think physically, I wouldn't say uh, Sohan is just like a, a like an incredibly like nuclear leaper in terms of athletically. But he can, he, I mean, he can get off the ground. I would say he's just maybe a little bit more of like a smooth mover that, that eats up a lot of space. But certainly, like, you know, the leaping ability is, is, a, is a positive. I wouldn't say it's, it's, any, it's a negative or anything like along those lines. Just, you know, he's not like a, a bridges type uh, vertical athlete. But I guess we can start with his defense, unless you have any other sort of just like general big picture thoughts on Sohan. You no, know, I think it was just the, the only big picture kind of macro thought I wanted to offer before we get a little nitty grittier is like, 
you know, if you just look at this guy's kind of traditional production, it doesn't necessarily jump off the page at you like it does with the other two prospects we're going to talk about, Tari Eason and Keegan Murray. So the important thing to remember with Sohan is it's, I mean, it's more of kind of the measurables, the the, the projection of what he can be versus what he actually got done on the floor. And don't get me wrong, like he was a, a very solidly productive player, particularly for a for a freshman on a really good Baylor team who had tons of options uh yeah. and lineup configurations to work with. But Sohan is it's it's really more of a kind of an eye test with him more than it is a production thing. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up. It, it's a great point. And just like I would say because uh, it's like some of the like the per possession stuff is is you know he does have some rather impressive numbers For in sure. that regard but he wasn't like you know a high usage scorer but to your point it's like this isn't just uh with so it's not just looking at the athleticism and trying to like project out he has uh, watching him play is super fun like he yes. he's a very smart clever player high feel I would say, especially compared to other guys that are being mocked in the lottery, like he, he has some of the best feel for the game, but yeah, he came off the bench for Baylor this year. You know, um, they were undoubtedly better with him on the court. Tari Eason also came off the bench for LSU. Yeah. We're going to talk about him in a right. little bit. I guess I should say, we're also going to talk about, we're going to talk Jeremy Sohan, Tari Eason and Keegan Murray. Forgive me for not uh, getting that in at the top, but so on also three, 3.2% block rate, 3% steal rate shot 59% on twos this year, 9% offensive rebound rate, 21% uh, defensive rebound rate, uh, 12% uh, assist rate. So those are kind of like for me. And then I guess I would also mention he drew four fouls for 40 minutes, free throw attempt rate of 43%. Those are like the sort of like big picture numbers to, uh, to probably keep an eye on here, but defensively on ball, super comfortable moving along the perimeter can guard any position type disciplined defender. I think that stands out with him when watching the tape stays down on ball fakes, stays down on shot fakes, or if he does, it's very controlled. Like I, he's not a guy that I think is just going to go lunging into shooters and pick up bad fouls. Uh, smooth laterally. You'll see him turn a ball handler multiple times, like good big 12, you know, perimeter creators um, because he can, he would switch around and guard one through five this season. But I think he can be good at the point of attack, which again, for a team like Charlotte, they should be underlining uh, encircling. I do think as nice as like the on ball defenses, I think the team defense is actually like the thing that jumps out most for me, just a swarming backline help defender impactful, timely rotations. Like he hits his marks, but he's there looking to like make something happen to, to, cre- to create an event. We, we mentioned the blocks and steal rates. So pretty solid stocks numbers, um, solid hitting his spots along the baseline or weak side when he's the low man and pick and roll coverages, which is great. Like, I think he's got that already an aggressive helper in the post, like a look to double. And again, that's one of those opportunities to create chaos. And that's, I think where you see some of the quick cans with him, come out again. And when he's corner weak side in the pick and roll, like I said, look to tag hit his spots. Uh, if the ball handler turns the corner, uh, there are some really impressive, you know, weak side rim protection tendencies that I think you see from him. And this gets into the, the ground coverage and he's just able to get, you know, from the dunker spot to the opposite side of the rim, you know, so that that's where you go from being in good health position to, okay, I got to go make a play like the, like everything broke down. Now I got to go make a help play. And he's able to get from you know, the low man spot, opposite side dunker to the, to the other side of the rim where the guy has the basketball and to, to make a play. And he does that. It's very sudden. It's very quick. And I think maybe you can only glean so much from watching film, but he's the guy that you can tell will call out actions, has like a QB mentality to, to Baylor's defense, which was really good this season at full strength. Um, so, I, again, I, I love what he brings as a help defender. I love what he brings as uh, an on-ball defender to lead. What are your thoughts defensively on Jeremy Silva? Yeah, well, I will echo the fact that if there's any way this guy's available when Charlotte picks, it's uh, something incredible has happened, uh, you know, I think he's a great, great, great fit for Charlotte, which is why he's relevant to talk about. But if NBA front offices are seeing the same things I am, there's just no way he's he's available yeah. past yeah. 10. Um, yeah. 
I think I think he is a pretty special and unique prospect for a lot of the reasons you laid out. It's just really rare for a freshman to have this physical profile, this amount of versatility, this amount of like know-how. Like you kind of alluded to that. I mean, he's very locked in. And he, I mean, look, he still makes mistakes as any young player does, but they are just very limited. I mean, he, and I think the other part of it is guarding up and down the lineup. You alluded to that as well. And, you know, in preparation for this, I watched quite a few Sohan games. One of them was the Kansas game at home. And it's just ridiculous to see a six, nine freshman that on one possession is guarding McCormick and on another pre- on another possession is guarding Abaji. Like, yeah. And it's just not a problem for him. I think the other, um, you talk like, and again, like his, um, his steals and block numbers don't like completely jump out the page, but in the time of production, I think they were really impressive. He's so, so active. He just never stops moving. He also has this, I don't know what the white word to describe it is, but kind of the tendency to almost annoy the people he's guarding. Yeah. Um, like talk to you, talk to UNC fans about that. <laughs> oh, exactly. Like UNC <laughs> is probably the best example of that, where he just kind of has this, you know, I mean, it, 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 the comparisons get drawn too much, but just in this very specific thing of like annoying the person you're guarding, like there's some Steven Adams dream on there where, yeah, the guy who he's guarding because one, because he's so effective and two, because he kind of just knows how to get under their skin. Like the, the guy that he's guarding generally wants to just like clock him. And <laughs> I actually think particularly if he's on your team, there is something valuable to that. The other interesting thing about Sohan is he's a fairly advanced ball handler. There are times where he bring like whether it's off a defensive rebound and he just gets it and goes with the ball he will also like bring it up in traditional situations at time, depending on what kind of like set Baylor's running where they will actually inbound, inbound the ball to him and he'll bring it up into the front court and maybe run like a little bit of a pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that kind of thing where he'll do the, he'll call the guy up from the corner, fake the handoff and drive straight to the basket. So he's clever in that way. He's got a nice little crossover going both ways. He gets pretty low as a six, nine player. Just some really unique offensive skills as well to go along with, I think, what headlines is the defense for sure. And then I want to just touch on the shooting super quick. Like the shooting statistics aren't great. Don't get me wrong. True shooting percentage of 54 um, shot 47 percent from the floor, 58 percent from the free throw line, 29 percent from three. So nothing super impressive with the shooting. But again, like from the eye test standpoint, I do think he's going to eventually shoot it. He does shoot a little bit of a flat basketball, which I don't know, feels to me like that is more fixable than some other shooting issues that some of these other prospects have from a strictly mechanical standpoint, straight up and down follow through. Like there's not a ton of hitches in there or anything like that. Like it's a fairly smooth and there, and he shoots it confidently. Like there are times Mm -hmm. if you saw just individual clips, you might say, Oh, this guy's a pretty good shooter. When you look at it in totality, there's still a lot of work to be done. But the shooting for Sohan is not like this massive red flag for me. So I actually think that's going to come along. Uh, We've got a couple minutes left here on Sohan, so let me kick it back to you. Yeah, I think you you touched on the shooting, and and he's going to have to shoot it. But uh, in part because when he can force a hard closeout, he can really do damage attacking those, those plays. Like, I think he can be a little predictable with, you know, want a shot fake and then get to his left. So sometimes it's a little too predetermined, at least at the, like the outset. But I think once he gets going downhill, like he's a very like intuitive and clever player and you can see his feel and his craft, you know, can get to a pull-up jumper can we, you know, we'll flash a pretty nasty shot fake it guys, guys, and guys still bite on it too. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't think NBA guys are going to do that unless he absolutely has to. You can also see the body control, like we'll occasionally dust off a spin move, including, including getting back to his right good touch and craft as a finisher, like I mentioned. And you can certainly see some of the passing reads here too, right? Like drive by the first defender, second line steps up, boom, live dribble, drop pass to the, the center. For, for a layup at the rim. And, and the yeah, ball whatever. never sticks with him. He moves yeah. and moves it. Again, he's got, like, you can just see him being on the court 
of a, of a, of a, you know, postseason game or a tight regular season game. And cause he can defend every position, uh, or at least he'll be able to defend four positions in the NBA. And, and again, the, the, the passing and ball movement, the random screens, the cuts, the offensive rebounding is super duper good. One of my favorite, like maybe prospect possessions this season was it was the Oklahoma state game in Stillwater. Uh, there's a possession, Kendall Brown, Catches open three, a point attempt in the corner, like catches it, shoots it, misses it. While this is happening, Sohan is weak side corner. And you can see him, the, the ball tracking is incredible. Like he, he darts out of the, the corner and he starts moving kind of towards his left, like towards back towards the middle of the lane. He like swim moves like a defensive end around the guy that's trying to box him out. And then there's another like unattended Oklahoma State defender in the middle of the lane that's just like waiting for the rebound to come to them. And Sohan gets around the box out with a swim move, then like reaches above the rebounder in the lane, grabs that, takes one dribble going to his left, and then is able to throw this, like, again, one dribble, lefty bounce pass through traffic. And he hits, I think it was Flow Thomba for a, for a dunk or a layup. And this happens at a time when there are like seven guys in the lane, right? Like, so he just went from weak side corner to getting around two guys for an offensive rebound to now all of a sudden there are four Oklahoma state defenders in the lane. And he's still in the middle of all of that traffic and chaos is able to catch and sling it back to Thamba for two. Like he just is at his feel for the game is really, really good. He's a creative player. Like it feels weird to like, I know we try to stay away from doing comps and stuff like that, but he does stuff that is like, it, it like is reminiscent of like Iguodala, you know what I mean? Just like the fill in all the gaps and then really let your, your incredible understanding of the game, you know, like take over and, and be dominant in these pockets of space. And um, yeah, you touched on the ball handling stuff. So, so I'll, I won't circle back on too, too much there, but just would say the passing in tight windows, I think it's very subtle and pretty good. Those quick lefty, you know, wraparound passes, or short little give and goes and secondary action where I think Lee, you even tweeted this playoff in the Kansas game the, uh, the other day of like, so on grabs the defensive rebound, pushes it up. Yep. He passes it to, I can't remember who he passes it to. Kendall Brown. Kendall Brown. And then he just, he passes it and doesn't stop. He keeps moving and yes. gets it right back and then scores a layup. It just, uh, again, like he would fit well on anyone's system because he's a great prospect, but certainly like you think about Charlotte's, you know, go, 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 share the basketball, push it and move. Anyone can, anyone can grab a rebound and go. Anyone can finish. Uh, you know, you're trying to get the ball popping around either in secondary action or in the half court and like so on fits perfectly uh, into that. So, um, and I would also just say the rebounding numbers, those don't come like in a vacuum. I thought he was an awesome rebounder. Yeah. Like gets, gets boards outside of his area in traffic um, in traffic but like he also does the little things too like you'll see him uh box out again like he just he, the guy the guy's fundamentals are so good but he he can really do some special stuff um on top of that so i think we've gone over our allotted time yeah. here <laughs> so we're trying to stick to a bit of a schedule here on sohan but before we move on anything else final thoughts you have on on jeremy here no, I mean, it, like I said, clearly this is one of my favorite prospects in this draft. It, he seems like one of the guys that ha- has a very high chance of sticking. And that's like a higher compliment, I think, than people realize. It's very, very hard. Most of these players, even though we like a lot of them, will not get second contracts. Sohan, I, I guess if you really wanted to try to make the case that he wouldn't, it would be that the shooting just never, ever, ever comes along. But... I am very, very high on him. I think he's going to end up being easily a top 10 prospect on my board and, you know, would love the fit with Charlotte, but not sure if we'll get it. Yeah. Uh, agreed uh, completely. He, he's been one of my favorite guys to scout in this class. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another prospect uh, that has a lottery billing and also came off the bench for his college team this season, and that would be Tari Eason from the LSU uh, Tigers, who spent one season in Baton Rouge. Uh, it was a hell of a season to be there <laughs> as the program uh, seemingly collapsed under Will Wade, but has already, like uh, LSU, ended up having a really nice offseason both in the transfer portal and, and picking up some like late signees, but he spent his freshman year at Cincinnati sophomore season uh, at LSU did measure the combine with Sohan and Keegan Murray. who's the third guy we're going to talk about did not. Uh, he measured six, eight in shoes uh, basically with a nine foot standing reach seven, two wingspan, which is probably a top 10 to 12 number as far as guys who got measured there, like below basically all of like the giant centers, but for a wing, Great measurables. And then as people were at least some corners of draft Twitter, I can see people talking about this yesterday, but uh, measured in with 11 inch hands in terms of width, uh, which was number one at the combine. Other sort of like physical talents and traits, just in my mind, an outstanding live wire type athlete, one of the best in the, in the, in the, in the process this season in terms of the draft, there's a kinetic energy to his game. He's strong. You can see him bully guys uh, trying to get to the rim, either off cuts or live dribble drives, explosive off the floor, even in traffic. I think there are tendencies where he he does have a tendency to maybe, especially if he's in foul trouble or something like that, like get a, maybe a little more defensive, but often just seeing him rocket off the court for blocks in dunks. I love seeing him catch the ball on drives to, you know, to the rim and pick and roll, then blast off for dunks at the hoop. Big time motor. He plays hard. Again, I, I just love the the his motor and some of the athleticism and the profile, the frame that Eason uh, Eason brings. Um, why don't we go ahead? I guess real quickly and just jump into the offense, and then and then Lee, I'll let you get going here on on Eason too. But with that athleticism, I think the on ball creation with with him is pretty interesting. You know, look to be aggressive. Can show some skills with the handle, like we'll, we'll try to get into get into his bag a little bit, I guess. Like that that too is chaotic, you know. <laughs> like when he just starts doing that, it's not always super effective. But uh, you you can kind of like see the vision. I think uh, creative passer will throw passes with either hand. Um, certainly, there are some real red flags though. Like not, I don't. I guess I wouldn't say, for lack of a better word, he's probably not the most like efficient driver. You know, you'll just see him go barreling into defenders, create charges and turnovers. Like he'll, he'll start driving without, it seems like sometimes he starts driving without any sort of like real idea where he wants to go, which can result in some odd, difficult in between shots or some turnovers or just some possessions that where the advantage gets killed because he drives into nowhere and nothing happens. It feels like you can speed him up with pressure and he'll go for some, you know, sort of like sloppy splits of double teams or passes versus a random double team and, and, and launch into to turnovers there. All of that said, there are moments when he looks rather intuitive and functional in the half court, making plays in real time, nothing predetermined. Those maneuvers, you know, they can lead to some pretty creative finishes. Uh, it's, not always, it's not always something you see uh, before he puts the ball on deck in those moments when he slows down, though. His athleticism allows him to cash in on 
those times when he is more patient with the basketball. And Lee, I'm pretty sure you watched the LSU Iowa State game. There's one possession late in the second half where he drives in isolation. Uh, Iowa State double teams him. And he's able to like split the double team by initially kind of like putting his back into the first defender, like a, like a de facto, like Villanova, like live dribble post up. And then he does like the D Wade like Euro gather to like split the double team just outside the lane and then able to get to the rim for a little like right-handed finger roll that he finishes with some, with some pretty nice touch. So that's where I'm at as far as Eason uh, physically goes and some of like the on ball creation Lee uh, before we get to the defense, big picture thoughts on Eason and where are you with him offensively? Yeah. So, so Eason obviously in contrast to Sohan uh, was a, I would almost call him like a hyper productive player. <laughs> Obviously he's older. He's 21 years old. He's much, he's a more mature, comfortable kind of defined player. He, he very much like knows who he is and knows exactly how he wants to score and how he wants to play. Whereas Sohan is kind of this, kind of this undefined, but unique, you know, prospect that's still figuring it all out in certain ways, even though he's pretty polished. So Eason is just an interesting comparison because like you said, he also came off the bench for LSU, but that was more of kind of a designed strategy from Will Wade than it was like, uh, we, we just have so many options. Like Eason was clearly their best player and you could feel it. I mean, you referenced the Iowa state game. He was in foul trouble in that game and it was just so clearly obvious that, you know, um, not Will Wade, but uh, Nickelberry was trying to just buy minutes with him on the bench. And it was so hard. Like they were so desperate to need to get him back in the game. And when he would reenter, like things just changed immediately. You referenced that kind of insane Euro step he made at the end of the game where it felt like, like from a literal physics perspective, there should have been no way for him to slip between those two defenders. And then he just appears on the other side. So I, so, so a couple things like he was ultra, ultra productive in an offense that probably wasn't the best fit for him from like a spacing standpoint. Yeah. They didn't have great shooters. And he was also on the floor with Efton Reed a ton, who's like a traditional kind of back to the basket lumber around the rim center. Um, I think Tarison in his, in the, in the most kind of optimistic outlook would be able to play center at times in the NBA. And a lot of times he was on the floor with the center at LSU. So I think we have to be a little um, courteous to him in that respect. But what I will say is I agree with you. I think the ball handling is a little shaky. Like he does create advantage and he is really good at kind of these, very defined, you know, rip through and go a quick ball fake and go like when he is decisive, he can be very devastating. I think you hit on it already, but there are times where he is kind of just aimlessly barreling towards the rim. And again, with, with the context of the fact that the spacing was a little jacked up and that he was probably, you know, being double teamed at times and things of that nature. I just, I worry a little bit, that he won't be able to create that advantage and finish at the NBA level as consistently and effectively as he did in college. So there's a, there's a slight bit of Eason that, that does worry me and makes me think maybe he is a ultra productive college player that doesn't necessarily translate in all the same ways to the NBA. But that being said, he, he also, look, it's a small sample size, but he shot the ball pretty well at LSU. And the jumper is is mechanically fairly sound. He was 28 for 78 from the three-point line, which is about 38%. So, like, if all of a sudden he becomes on a little bit of higher volume, a better shooter, I think that unlocks a ton of stuff for him as well. Because, like you said, he is a really springy long athlete that is creative and can dunk with both hands and is comfortable kind of like showing the ball on one side and reversing to the other. So he does have a lot of creativity there. I think offensively, I just kind of go back to being slightly lower than some folks, just because I worry about the ball handling. I worry about the advantage creation and I worry 
less so, but a little bit about the finishing at the rim. Yeah, uh, like I I understand some of those concerns. I, I, I do think just within the context of LSU, like you said, he was so clearly the best player. And, and because of that, they also really needed him to create. Uh, oh, this is a team that thought they would have Adam Miller, the, the mm-hmm. Illinois transfer to uh, I guess, I guess be their primary ball handler. Like he was not that at, at Illinois and I kind of like Miller in more of a combo role, but uh, he was like a primary guy for team USA at the world cup last summer. And uh, he uh, tours ACL like a month before the season was supposed to start. So they played a lot of like Xavier Pinton and Eric Gaines at point guard, which Eric Gaines freak athlete, interesting guard defender. But those guys, as far as like decision makers, not, not what you want, <laughs> especially uh, Xavier Pinson could be a, a very frustrating player to, to watch at times. Yeah, I mean, I think the handle is pretty functional. Uh, the hesitations, the crossovers, these little tricks to freeze the defender, then the sudden burst to get downhill. But it's not tight, like sort of as you were just alluding to, Lee. And you'll, I feel like even when there isn't a double team at him, you'll see him speed himself up, like in transition. and will lose control of the dribble. Almost like he's like a half step ahead or thinking half a step ahead of where he is with the basketball and it just gets a little clear, careless and, you know, turnovers come there. I think sometimes he can struggle getting into these tight windows, which, again, you were just alluding to and can be turnover prone because of that. Turnovers weren't terrible, uh, but there were times where they were just so, like, needless. Although I guess you could say, like, hey, he was trying to make offense out of, out of nothing. So he's trying to you know make the best of the situation or whatever. I am pretty bullish about the closeout attacks, but this is why like he's going to have to shoot the basketball and, and that would really like change the type of like uh, potential role player. I guess it could be if that's, if that's the pathway he goes down, but his good ability free throw, good free throw shooter, by the way, I didn't mention. Yeah, that. exactly. Over 80% from the line this season, which was, which was way above where he was his freshman year at Cincinnati, but just his ability on those closeouts to catch jab left and go. It's smooth. The, the transition is quick. Again, it, with his athleticism and his speed, he can, he can really get downhill and, and do damage. Uh, like, if you close out hard, he's just going to go by you. I think once he gets by that first defender, maybe you can worry about some of the decision-making and some of the processing. Again, when things start to sort of, like, speed up in these tight windows in a way that I, I'm not as concerned with someone like Siakam. But to me... The, the handle overall feels like a big swing component for his game. Mm-hmm. Um, if the handle is suspect, he can't create off the dribble. If the shot never really, if the, if he you know, becomes a you know mediocre three point shooter on so, so volume, like he's just going to be an energy athlete type, you know, but if the handle develops, if he becomes, if, if the shooting is closer in line, in terms of the projection with where he was at LSU and he becomes a, an incapable three point shooter um, that can, that's going to mostly just shoot threes off the catch and stuff like that. Then he has the chance to be a guy that could run some secondary offense. And all of a sudden you could, you could really take advantage of those athletic traits um, that, that he has and the ability for him to create advantage. And again, the fact that he's a pretty good passer, I think helps, like, again, if you want to be bullish on him as the kind of guy that could give you some secondary offense, the fact that he's not just like a straight line driver, like there is some, you know, some sort of like daring creative nature to his game and Mm -hmm. he can pass. um, Then like, yeah, again, maybe there is something a little bit more to his, uh, his offense. All right. We've hit the, we've hit the clock there. What I would like to touch on real quickly with defensively with Easton is, Uh, just pick and roll defense, super versatile. LSU had a switch scheme this season, one through five, and like an FSU style switch five, and like they're there to force turnovers too, right? Jump passing lanes, force steals, has the lateral quickness uh, and hips to slide and guard smaller ball handlers. Could even start out at the point of attack against opposing ones. Like in this Iowa State game, he took Tyrese Hunter, who mm-hmm. uh, is a guy that could very easily be testing out the draft process this season if he had wanted to. But the strength to battle in the, the post, help efforts, quick, assertive on his rotations, the closeout, footwork looks really good, occasionally out of control, but I, I do like the footwork in general. I just think he has a tendency to bite on shot fakes or shoulder fakes. And I think he was a little over eager at times on closeouts, which led to some stupid fouls. Um, you could definitely see him getting baited into some, yeah, fouling on three-point shooters in the next level that I don't think is like, Quite the same concern for for uh, for Sohan, who's just more disciplined. 
Any other thoughts closing out here defensively, maybe on Easton? Yeah, close out thoughts on Easton. As concerned as I am about some of the offensive stuff, I do think he's a really interesting defensive prospect. Tons of versatility. Can def it's definitely switchable. I wouldn't say he's he's like a a full lineup switchability. I mean, you know, like blazing fast kind of guards and wings will definitely give him some issues and he could be outsized by like the biggest centers in the NBA, but that's not, I mean, he's a very, I think kind of uh, two plus to four kind of versatile defender. He also has this, the one thing about him defensively and it actually funny enough, it reminds me of a guy from the 2020 draft process, Paul Reed, that, had this knack for making timely defensive plays. And I know that's like a very unquantifiable, uh, like there's no statistic. I don't think that really can measure that, but like, uh, like just one anecdotal example was um, in the Alabama game. He late in that game, uh, Alabama ran kind of essentially what was like a drag, like pick and pop for Keon Ellis, who's another like draft prospect in his own right. And Eason was guarding the guy in the strong side corner from where, to where Keon was popping. Eason diagnoses the play. He sees what's happening. He immediately sprints off his guy in the corner, blocks Keon Ellis's three-point shot, gathers the ball, and goes down and dunks in a close game. Yeah. It put, I think it put them back up by one or two points. So yeah. he's got yeah. this. He's got this like late-game defensive instincts, which again, is hard to measure, but as you know, and I'm sure as the listeners to this podcast are as people that just watch tons of basketball, when you notice something like that, it sticks out in your mind. Um, And then the last thing I would say, Brian, I do think this is a guy um, that could very well be available to the Hornets at 13 and 15. And although there is some redundancy in what he does and some of the other kind of wings and like hybrid post players on the Hornets. Um, and I do have concerns about the offense. I'm slightly lower on Eason that, than I think most are. It's still an intriguing fit because you kind of just can't have enough of these guys. And particularly defensively, I think he would offer some interesting uh, things for the Hornets. Yeah, it's like the defense gets him in the door, and then it's sort of like the other stuff that we were just talking about. I think, yeah, I think his ability to like uh, play in transition and to, to to like not always make the right decision, but to be comfortable still and to be impactful in those chaotic situations. I think stuff like that is good around Lamelo. We talk about that um, often on here, and yeah, that the the play you're talking about against Bama is nasty when he does stuff like that. Again, not the same position type, but it reminds me of someone from the 2019 draft, which would be uh, Brandon Clark. Like just like mm-hmm. the insane yeah. athletic stuff, the the impact plays like that. All right, last guy, and uh, we're going to get to today, and someone that I think maybe doesn't have the same sort of like defensive uh, identity as Eason and, and so on, but it's a guy that I think has some similarities with both of those players, uh, perhaps specifically Eason. Um, it, it, those guys are like uh, interesting comparisons for me, but this is Keegan Murray from uh, Iowa. He did not measure at the combine. Murray is 21. He will be 21 draft night, but he will be 22 by the start of the NBA season. So an older, probably, you know, the oldest lottery prospect or surefire lottery prospect, but had a hell of a season. You could see him. You could see as he was like in the background of the uh, of Iowa's team last season during the the like Luca Garza show, basically. But you could see him sort of starting to come on. And this season, he had a hell of a year. Uh, Twenty three and a half points per game, nine rebounds per game, one point three steals, one point nine blocks, one point five assists, forty percent shooting from three. 75 from the line, 62% on twos, and, and 55 overall from the field. Like he, he was an absolute awesome basketball player, getting to play in one of the ultimate up tempo offenses in the country. I know people, when they think Iowa basketball, maybe they don't think that, but it was pace and space in Iowa City. Uh, they were top 25 this year in uh, average possession length on offense, and Murray was a high usage. Um, score for them. They got it done in a bunch of different ways. 28% usage rate this season. 
really solid prospects. And I think the pitch for Keegan, for me at least, is versatile forward. He was super productive in a power conference and a great against a you know, great competition. And he's just pretty good at everything. Like there, there's, he can kind of do everything. Um, I'm not sure if there's one thing he's like great at, but there are just like a variety, every little skill on the court um, he can do. And if you package that up in someone who's six, eight two twenty five that can shoot, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I do want to start first with the downhill drive game. Confident Murray is going in either direction long first step like you can see him just sort of like lunge around guys step around guys in the half court or just eat up space with grab and goes and transition the handle comfortable with either hand like you can tell he's really worked on that like that's something he's clearly either on his own or with a trainer like it, it not only does he have a pretty good handle but it's in the it every time i watch him play he looks like someone who like yeah it's just like it handling the basketball didn't come natural he schooled himself on it though but has the lefty in and out move um, that'll get to a lot left to right spin moves uh, behind the back left to right as like a way to change directions. That's the one that I, every time I see him do that, I'm like, yeah, that's like you, you, I don't know, you worked on that last off season or two off seasons ago or something like that. It certainly has that, the go-to jab drive left and the spin back right for the layup. It doesn't get all the way to the rim though. He has the shooting touch to finish through contacts or hit a tough shot in the paint. Um, in general, I think he has really good shooting touch um, from all levels of the court, but especially in that like mid post short, uh, short mid range game. And just some of the, like, the sort of like contortionist shots he hit this season were, were pretty, were pretty, uh, pretty damn impressive. Um, so anyways, uh, I just went there for a little while on Murray. So Lee, why don't you jump in? And give me your sort of like first initial thoughts, uh, taking the 10,000 foot view on Murray as a prospect and then getting into some of the, his offensive stuff that you like a lot or, or, or don't like a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, Keegan Murray obviously was uh, he wasn't the national player of the year, was he, Brian? But he was certainly in that. He was certainly in that discussion with a couple other guys. I mean, he was one like he was, he had a very similar season to Johnny Davis and the fact that they just kind of completely exploded onto the scenes as sophomores. He was Oscar Sheepway. That's that's right. Was, and, and so like he was the first guy in a long like the first national player of the year in a long time that's going to be returning to college. That was like oh, the unique thing about Sheepway. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So so Murray, as you said, was uh, was kind of second fiddle his freshman year to Luca Garza, and I mean, averaged twenty three and a half points a game in his sophomore year at Iowa. So just a just an incredibly explosive scorer had some had some massive games this year. Um, what sticks out to me, I think, is his one like his he's an incredible shooting prospect. Um, this guy's six eight. Range is not an issue. He's just as comfortable shooting it on the line as he is, you know, four or five feet behind the line. The transition as a shooter to the NBA line, I don't think is going to be any type of issue for him. You know, 55% from the field, uh, just like a per, like a 0.01 percentage short being shy of shooting 40% on big volume from three on the year. Um, 75% free throw shooter. He hit, he hit 66 threes on the year. Um, so like he was getting them up and he's just one of those shooting prospects where I'm like surprised when he misses. Um, it's just a beautiful looking shot coming off his hand. It's kind of this like elongated smooth release, um, that he can catch on like pick and pops or spot ups. Um, so I just think he, I think the shooting is the skill at his size that translates to the NBA from day one. And I think he's pretty, I don't know. I don't know that he's necessarily like a, like an elite elite shooter, but he is a very, very good shooter. Um, Yeah. And that is just incredibly interesting to me. I think, I think one thing that is underrated with Keegan Murray because he is such a skilled offensive player and, and, and people kind of rightfully do view him as this, you know, super clean, uh, you know, stretch for prospect, which I, which is true. I think his athleticism is a little underrated. Like th- this guy particular, and it's particularly when either he's kind of like sliding in as the, as the dunk finisher, 
or he's just cutting off the ball to the rim and gets and gets fed. Like he's got some vertical pop, like particularly off the catch when he's going towards the basket. Un- unfortunately, he can look a little unathletic when it's actually himself dribbling to the rim yeah. for like for like a finish. But when he gets to gather momentum on the catch and he can go straight up, he has some really impressive above the rim finishes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, 63 dunks this season. He also had a 6.5% block rate. So uh, you can see some of the impact at the rim. He shot 71% at the rim this season. You know, this is sort of maybe different from some of these other perimeter creators or, you know, uh, big-time offensive players. You know, for over 45% of those were assisted, which is actually not like a – that's still a fair amount of, like, unassisted field goals for, for Keegan Murray. Again, he scored a lot this year. But – Again, the sort of like the cut finishing, the, the, that, the off-ball stuff that Lily was referring to. I think the movement shooting component of him is interesting. Like, he's mm-hmm. obviously not like a twitchy, at least at this point, like not a twitchy, you know, movement, you know, like a 6'4 guy like Redick, J.J. Redick, that you're going to run off a ton of floppy action or, or do the Rip Hamilton style stuff, just like a maze of pins and curls. But like pick and pops some of those sort of like wide pin down actions, the flare screens, Mm -hmm. like he can, when he's on the move, he gets his base set, hip square, and he can do damage from, from deep. So again, uh, it has the high release point that you like to see as far as the offense goes too. like, I love his just sort of like natural score tendencies for, that was how I labeled it. Um, He just hustles his way into dirty points. You know what I mean? Like loose balls, transition layups where he sprints the floor, uh, putbacks, has a quick second jump, I think, which gets back to the athleticism. But there's just like, you know, they like to say like guys have a nose for the basketball. And I think Murray does, but he has a nose for finding it in situations where it's just a quick score. You know what I mean? Like, boom. Well, he's, and, he's one of those guys, Brian, that like 12 minutes into the game, all of a sudden you realize he already has 15 points. Yeah. You didn't run a play for him. You know what right. I mean? And, um, I think some of the setting some of the knocks against uh, Keegan, um, like the point of the scoring numbers and say like, oh, anyone with this type of usage rate and I was like their, their tempo. Because again, a lot of possessions for them this season and he was there by far and away, 28% usage rate on a team that played a lot of offensive possessions. And like, it's worth considering those. I'm not trying to like write them off. It's just, I think the thing that like boosted his scoring numbers the most, uh, obviously like the usage rate to an extent, but it wasn't just ruthless gunning. It was these types of like scoring plays, right? You know, the, the hustle to get a cut layup or to get a transition layup, the, the, the long rebound that he's able to, to get and, and immediately put back up and, and score on like that stuff's interesting with, with Murray. All right. So you touched on his defense, anything else here, uh, about Keegan Murray uh, before we before we close things out here today? No, I, I think uh, you gave the perfect kind of evidence for my claim about his like underrated athleticism around the rim. It's the it's the dunks. It's the percentage shooting at the rim. And then it's mm-hmm. also the yeah. kind of like outsized, honestly, block percentage that he has as a six, eight player. So I just think he's a little more poppy around the rim than people are giving him credit for. And that is kind of a you know, a feather in his hat for a guy that is so polished and versatile offensively. Agreed. And yeah, as far as the team defense goes, just active as a helper. Um, And it's not afraid to stick his nose in, you know, like he'll look to make plays on the back line. Sometimes that's being very active as a rim protector and blocking shots or contesting shots. Sometimes that rim protection doesn't show up as a block. It's him breaking up a lob, right. Um, Or him deflecting a pass. And I just think he has the ability to like read those, to be uh, like the low man on the weak side against pick and roll or triple handoffs. Like he stays attached off the basketball. It's hard to back cut him. He does feel like a guy that could uh, be, be doing an okay job. Like, you know, with screen navigation off the basketball. And again, just hits his marks as he rotates um, opposing guard. Like for instance, if the opposing guard is driving on a little baseline drift and Murray is like the weak side guy. You'll see him rotate down to the far corner, right. To take away that, that like that little like baseline drift kick out pass. It'll come with high hands on closeouts, the X outs, his ability to attack the roller. Uh, just like does has again similar to 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 like Sohan, I guess in that regard. Just like I think again, not that he doesn't make mistakes, but just has some of the like tendencies as a helper 
that that you want to see from a guy who hasn't even gotten in an NBA system yet. Overall, like for Charlotte, like I like Murray a decent amount as a prospect. I think he's going to be like a good positive NBA player. So if you got him at 13 or 15, I think that's actually pretty damn good. I see some discussions with him as like a top five pick or whatever. And it's like, I just can't, I can't get there with, with Keegan Murray. We're I'm going to, let's rank these three prospects in our mind uh, Lee, as far as overall. And then if you want to, or if you want to do it with their fit with Charlotte, go for that too. But I'm just going to go with them overall, how I view them. Sohan one um, again, love him as a prospect. Think he's great. Think he's going to be a very good NBA player. Tari Eason two, um, And then Keegan Murray three, uh, again, I think all three of these guys would be great picks for Charlotte at, uh, at 13, although there's a good chance that all three are also off the board by then, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I would go – I agree I would go Sohan one. Um, I just think he has the most uh, – he's got the most upside for sure, but he also is – I mean, he's probably the most polished defender out of the three, too, which is kind of ridiculous for his age. So mm-hmm. uh, Sohan for me is just – he's the guy out of this group. I would I would lean Murray second and Eason third, but I do agree with you uh, that I think the Keegan Murray kind of like top five hype has gotten a little bit out of control. But I would I think just be, almost strictly because of the shooting, I would slightly lean him over Eason. Although I think at that point I'm splitting hairs a little bit. Yeah, I think for like lack of a better term, you know, he's a safer. There's, there's, he's a safer prospect than Easton. There's a higher floor. It's just, if you like Easton, you're betting on his weirdness and athleticism being like the differential thing totally. that like differentiates him. But certainly like Murray, good at everything, 6'8", versatile switch defender that can shoot. It's like, that's a, that's a, guys like that are very valuable uh, in the NBA unless you guys were, were unaware. But all right, that, that wraps things up for us here today. Um, and remember, um, moving forward with the draft as we do more and more of these prospects pods, um, they'll be recorded live in our Slack channel. And if you want to get an invite to our Slack channel, uh, DM or tweet us a screenshot of their Apple podcast review. We appreciate those reviews. They, they help us with, with all with the algorithms and all the other rhythms. Plus they just, they make me feel good. Nothing but five stars, hopefully in that Slack channel, like we've got probably what 65 people in there close to that. Like in this time of the year, it's, it's like bouncing because of the draft because of other various off season stuff, the lottery, when free agency starts, I remember I can think back to last summer and the free agency and it was, it was crazy in there. So it's a lot of fun. If you're looking for like a community to talk ball and talk Hornets with anyways, this has been Brian. I appreciate Lee joining me uh, on today's episode, Richie producing And uh, yeah, can't wait to do more of these uh, going forward. Thanks for listening to BuzzBeat. We'll check you guys soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.